0: Man, 2020 has been a sports season unlike any other. That's why you need a sports book unlike any other. My bookie. Get some skin in the game where odds, boosts, lightning deals and free bets await you all season long. These are the sizzle that go with the stake of having a reliable place to put a little bit of money down, or maybe a lot of money down, on your favorite sport. My bookie. Turkey Day's coming. There is no better time to feast on your NFL college football action. Whether you're a first-time customer or if you've been playing with My bookie for years, there's no shortage of value to be found in their thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and more. Sign up today for the first time or get reloaded. Find your edge and make some money. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local casino. The best part is my bookie never closes, and there's no smoke getting in your eyes. Make the right place, sign up today, and when you do, use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put 200 bucks in, they'll match it with $100 of their own so if you're planning to bet this coming fall guess what you're already ahead of the game it's winning season at my bookie so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it today on the zabe cast a new tuesday feature we call it nfl week nine recap a one thought on each team or one factoid i've got a winning strategy for gambling i think Also, a few thoughts on expensive things, ceremonial first pitches, and game show hosts. All that, plus the quest for 11 has died early this year. Your high test, not street legal, 30-minute dose of pure me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. Here we go. Tuesday, November 10th, 2020. Thank you for downloading. The boys and I just got off Bally High. We swung by In and Out Burger Oh, on Tropicana. It was so glorious. And of course, on a Monday in Vegas in the middle of a pandemic, it was a very short drive-through line. And so therefore, we were very, very happy. Glad we checked that off the list. Scott Lynn, I'm sure, is deeply envious of our trip after golf. How was the golf? Never mind. Doesn't matter. We had a good time. It was beautiful. Uh, The weather finally calmed down a bit. Yeah, it was about 55 degrees, but sunny, very little wind. I would say that is lovely weather for golfing. All right, we're going to conclude week number nine tonight. We're going over to the Westgate where our friend Timmy Murray, you may have heard of him, from vcin network is it's got to set up i guess with a uh, a booth to watch this god-awful jets patriots game and he's going to come by and we're going to hang out and shoot the shit and i can't wait to see the big ginger and see how things are going i've been watching a lot of vsin in my o- in my office in my hotel room uh this the last 24 hours and i i'm very intrigued it's got there's something about it I overlooked all these the last couple of years since they've been up and running but I had some thoughts I'll share them a bit later on in today's podcast but let's go through week number 9 real quick Saints go to 6 and 2 they destroy Tampa Bay and the Buccaneers 38 to 3 the Bucks are now 6 and 3 and I think they've got a lot of questions to answer is it the curse of Antonio Brown who did have a catch in this game no I don't think it's the curse of Antonio Brown. I think it's the curse of Bruce Arians, who does not want to have a balanced attack. And once they got down early, it was throw, throw, throw. In fact, I believe they finished with five carries, which is a new NFL record low for fewest carries in a single game. And the Saints, huge statement win for them. Uh, Thomas came back, so that's good. I guess maybe Drew Brees shouldn't be benched now for Jameis Winston. I am not going to keep – I'm not going to stop bringing up that stupid-ass fucking point from the ESPN heads back in Week 2 after one loss to the Raiders. Is it time to go to Jameis Winston? No, it's not time. Drew Brees and the Saints rolling now at 6-2. and two. Huge statement win on Sunday night. The Falcons hold off the Broncos. It was a much more lopsided game than the 34-27 final suggested. Falcons approved at 3-6. and six. They've won all three games under Radio Raheem. Do you think he's working his way into the job? Broncos are now 3-5 and five and pretty much drifting to nowhere. They had garbage time stats in this game. Uh, the Falcons remain a great over team, so they keep hitting overs. Keep an eye on that going forward. The Bills beat the Seahawks 44-34 to improve to 7-2. It's the Bills' best start in a long time. I forgot the exact year, but it was a huge statement win. It was one of the three games I picked This week, in fact, one of the two correct ones I think I picked. Uh, Josh Allen, look at these numbers, 31 to 38, 415 yards, three touchdowns. That Seahawks defense is straight hot garbage. And while they've been outscoring everybody for the most part so far, that defense will not carry them to a championship or a Super Bowl. DJ Dallas, I I like that name at running back for the Seahawks. Without Chris Carson, they got no one to carry the football of note. That applies to about a dozen teams in the NFL. As you look through the box scores, you're like, who the fuck is that guy? Who the fuck is that guy? Who the fuck is that guy? Falcons, uh, or excuse me, the uh, Seahawks fall to 6-2. and two. The Bills are 7-2. and two. The Titans beat the Bears 24-17. Don't be fooled by the score. The Bears' offense was causing people to claw their own eyes out instead of have to watch it. Nick Foles threw it 52 times. Completed 36. That is a recipe for getting your ass handed to you. Tannehill was not much better. 10 for 21 in this game. Titans, though, with their uh, bounce-back win to get off the losing schneid. They're 6-2. The Bears are 5-4 and sinking fast because they cannot score points. The Ravens. Beat the Colts 24-10 to improve to 6-2. Lamar Jackson, another sub-200-yard passing game. He still bailed him out with his legs, including a rushing touchdown that was key in this game. The Colts are still badly missing T.Y. Hilton. They had a guy named Zach Pascal as their leading receiver with five catches in this game. Colts fall to 5-3. and three. Ravens are 6-2 and two and have at least righted the ship for this week. The Chiefs escape the Panthers. This was my lock of the week. It did not come home. 33-31. Your final score Chiefs are 8 and 1, Panthers 3 and 6. McCaffrey comes back. He does McCaffrey things right away, but he got hurt again and he could be right back on the shelf after this game. Mahomes had four more touchdowns against zero interceptions in this game. That's 26 over 1 on the year. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Joey Sly had a 67-yarder at the end that would have won it. It did not go in. Uh, Tony, 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 Terry, Tommy, Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy, Teddy ball game fall guy. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater balled out in this game, including a sweet move scrambling, and he dove in the air for the first down marker, which actually makes a lot of sense because he carried far enough as he came down, landing as he flew in the air. Head first, and he didn't expose himself i don 't think to as vicious of a hit as he would if he had slid and tried to protect himself or hope that a guy hoped that an opponent wouldn't crush him uh, like we saw the other week uh, in the NFL with uh Dallas, so Dallas, who got crushed sliding yeah andy Dalton Andy Dalton got crushed by the Redskins, so there you go. Uh, I mentioned the records, Chiefs 8-1, and one, Panthers are 3-6. and six. The Vikings get another bomb day from Dalvin Cook. I mean, what a show this guy is putting on another 200-yard game, catching, running, just leaving dudes in the dust. It allowed Kirk Cousins to only throw it 20 times, complete a high percentage, and throw for three touchdowns. 34 20 the win over the Lions. Matt Stafford did start despite being in that Rona quarantine, but quickly got knocked out with a concussion. He could be questionable for the game against the Redskins this weekend. Chase Daniel, shrimpy McSalary thief, got in this game for the Lions and loss. Uh, Detroit's three and five. Vikings are three and five. Hmm. Just keep that in the back of your mind. The Giants beat the Redskins. I'm sorry, the Wolf 23 20 largely in part because the Woof committed one, two, three, four, five turnovers, including a comical forward fumble that went through about seven different guys' hands before the Giants finally recovered. Alex Smith came back in because Kyle Allen broke his leg. The curse of November at home in Washington, whether it's RFK, November was when Theismann broke his leg, Whether it was uh, Alex Smith who did it on the very same date as uh, Theisman or Kyle Allen who broke his leg, it's just bad. And so now he's the starter, Alex Smith is, because he did pretty well statistically until, hello, three picks late. The last two, by the way, were completely brutal, and the last one that ended the game was a clean pocket, time to throw, staring down, staring down, boom, belly ball to a defender he didn't see. Can you imagine, my fellow Woof fans, if that was Haskins who threw that pick or the pick before that where he's running backwards and to his right and throws off a one foot wildly for an interception? I'm telling you, please, in your mind, think about what the reaction would be from some fans, and from the coaching staff if Dwayne had thrown the caliber of picks that Alex Smith did. Giants are 2-7 and seven and not out of it in the NFC least. The woofed is 2-6. Not out of it in the NFC least. The Texans beat the Jaguars 27-25. They don't cover the seven. They were in control much of the game, but Jake Luton for the Jaguars actually played pretty well. The sixth-rounder out of Oregon State did not seem phased by the moment, but then again, they were playing the Texans. Uh, Will Fuller, five catches, 100 yards, and afterwards, Deshaun Watson said, thank God we didn't trade this guy. He's a really good player. Texans, 2-6, and Jaguars, 1-7. and The Raiders beat the Chargers 31-26. Oh, how cruel it is to be a Charger fan. Another heartbreak yet again. Two passes in the end zone late that would have won the game. One of them called a touchdown, overturned correctly on replay. See, you get replay now. They would have never called that a touchdown without replay. They call everything touchdowns now so they can go back and look on video. But then the next one was just out of bounds. I mean, it, it, Charger fans, I don't know how you do it. Every week you lose in one Horrific fashion or another. Derek Carr was just 13 of 23, though, in the win for the Raiders with 165 yards. Raiders are 5 and 3. Chargers are 2 and 6. The Steelers run their record to 8 and 0. They hold off the Cowboys in a game they probably should not have won. 24 19, your final. Big Ben got hurt in this game, came back in, and then rallied the Steelers, to their first 8-0 start in like 30 years. There was two missed extra points, a missed two-point conversion, and a couple of field goals for the Steelers to get to 24. Gibby Gilbert was the story for the Cowboys. This guy, who's been in the league like seven years, was actually not terrible and had a throw into the end zone to win it with zeros on the clock. They held Pittsburgh, by the way, the Cowboys did, to 46 yards rushing. Zeke Elliott had a very pedestrian day about 50 yards on 16 carries, I think under three yards per carry. Cowboys are two and seven, and what's the phrase that pays, kid? Kids, still not out of it in the NFC least. Like I said, the Steelers are eight and oh, and they have to be presumed to be the co-favorites along with Kansas City, but they struggled. And that was a bit of a shock as a 14-point favorite. And then the Dolphins beat the Cardinals 34 To 31, Tua, Tunga, Vialoa, 20 for 28, two touchdowns, no INTs, ran the ball seven times for 35 yards, made nifty moves, and it was a hell of a fun game to watch. Kyler Murray was great as well. He threw a seed of a 54-yard touchdown pass to Christian Kirk, I want to say. Murray is tiny. He throws a great ball. It, it, the ball doesn't know how short he is. He just throws missiles. It's fun to watch. Dolphins are 5-3. and three, And the Cardinals are 5-3. and three. You want to start talking about divisions? Maybe we should talk about the AFC East and if the Dolphins are in fact the team to beat. Other than the Buffalo Bills. Let's move to college. I think the biggest story in college football over the weekend was the Michigan Dilemma, or is the Michigan Dilemma as it currently sits. What is Michigan going to do as a program? They had their dream candidate, NFL caliber coach, former quarterback, alma mater, high intensity, Johnny Ra Ra, great in the living room, great recruiter, they got the Nike Jumpman brand associated with Michigan football. ESPN was pushing Michigan football to the moon. Remember when they were they were chronicling Michigan's trip to Italy over the summer to go see the Pope? And I'm like, why the fuck is this news? But it was when Michigan football was hot early on, the promise of Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh, I think, is now 0-8 against ranked opponents. He is 0-and-whatever oh, against that team down south, and he is now out of the gate 0-and-2, oh, having lost to Indiana as well as their in-state arch-rival, Michigan State. I, I was laughing my ass off listening to Portnoy on Barstool Sports being a Michigan alum, just saying, they're, they're dead to me, the program's dead to me. He's like He was being so dramatically negative. Just like, what are we going to do? We're, we're terrible. We're, we're, they should, he, said, he was like, they should disband the football program. <laughs> and they're like, don't want they just fire Harbaugh. And he said, who are we going to get? And that's the dilemma. Who would Michigan get? Where would they go? What would they do? This was their guy. Everything was set up. It looks like if you're a Michigan Wolverine fan, put your boots on. You're about to go take a long walk in the woods as a program. I want to talk about my gambling strategy in casinos. I, I think it's pretty good. I think it wins, let's say, 80% of the time. It wins 50% of the time or something like that. Whatever the Sex Panther percentage is, that's what my strategy in casinos is. Well, what game do you play, Zabe? Are you a card counter? Do you have a good card-counting eye and a good card-counting mind? Do you play craps? Craps is the best true odds. If you find the tables that allow up to 10x odds, you back the odds, you play the numbers. If the dice gets hot, you clean up. No, 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 no. I I nickel-dime at a bunch of different things, including I'm starting to play more and more slot machines. I played a sweet new Elvis slot machine last night, and now... (laughs) A thought on slots for a quick second. I know why they do this, but it's so annoying. They'll ring you up as winning, where you put your thing in, you hit spin, bling, 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 bling and then bing, 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 bing. And you're like, oh, I won. And then you look at the little window that said, how much did you win? And it might say 60 cents. Or let's say if you're playing a dime a spin, 10 units. then. You're like, oh, that's great. And then you forget, but I'm playing 100 units per spin. Or I'm playing a dollar a spin, so I just lost money. They're selling you wins with the bells and the whistles and the Pavlovian response of, ooh, I just won money. With No, you're actually losing money. You just lost a little bit less than you would if you had gotten nothing. So I I hit some smallish jackpot. Excuse me. I put in 20. I won 75. So my initial buy-in was 20 bucks. I ended up cashing out with 75. The cashing out is the key part because here's my strategy, okay? And this includes playing both blackjack, craps, whatever. You ready for it? You writing this down? In fact, you don't need to write this down. It's a very simple strategy. Always win. Yeah. No, that's it. That's the strategy. Really, Zabe? Always? Yes. Always win. Here's how it works. Once you get up in whatever you buy into play, whether it's blackjack, craps, uh, table game, uh, slot machine, once you get up between 10 to 20% of your initial stake, walk away, cash out go see your friends, go get a drink, go do some people watching. And then in a bit, go down and sit somewhere else, a different slot machine, maybe the craps table, maybe the blackjack table, and then start to gamble. Once you get up between 10 and 20%, walk away. Always win, never lose. Well, you know, that's pretty easy to say. Sometimes you... In fact, I go to Vegas a lot of times. I start playing, and I'm, I'm down right away. I lose the very first hand. I'm down right away. So wait, you're telling me, Zabin, that if you go put $100 down at blackjack, $10 hands, you win the first two hands, and you're up $20? bucks. i am supposed to then go, okay, color me up. I'm done. Yes. That's how you win in Vegas. You win in Vegas by always winning. Never lose. Now, I know it's not a perfect strategy, And it's kind of boring because you may end up not playing as much, but if you don't let them have the advantage of the house and the odds, which you know are in their favor, you got a shot. You may not gamble much, but you will always win. I used to call this the paper route theory. When I first started coming to Vegas, when I was in college, a young man with a tuft to hair and a much skinnier waistline, and dreams—the gleam in my eyes—gonna take the world down. I remember coming here, and I would play the cheapest blackjack you could play, which was two dollars, two dollars hand-dealt blackjack at Circus Circus, and an even more ridiculously tiny piece of shit casino called Slots O' Fun. We called it Sluts O' Fun just because whatever. Were there sluts there? Probably. We didn't meet any or talk to anybody. $2, we played with the hard silver coins. You could stack them up. Silver coins. Not even chips. Silver coins. This was probably uh, 1990, so 30-plus years ago. And I would go from one casino to another with my buddies in, in college and just out of college. We'd gamble for a little bit here, a little bit of play, And all I played was blackjack back then. I didn't play craps at all. And whenever I got up just a little bit, I'd cash out. And I said, this is like having a paper route. I'm collecting a little bit from you, collecting a little bit from you, a little bit from you. Vince Lombardi once said, winning isn't everything. It's the only thing. And over the years, apparently, it's been misconstrued that Vince Lombardi was some meathead Coach that didn't give a shit about players and their lives and their families and the big picture. That was totally not true. Lombardi's quote about winning isn't everything. It's the only thing, pretty much referenced that look, when we're here playing football and we're practicing and we're trying to get ready to play a game, the only thing that matters is winning. So everything else, at least when you're endeavoring to play the game, it's only about winning. Life has a lot more to it. Al Davis once said, Just win, baby. I say always win. That's my strategy in a casino. Man, 2020 has been a sports season unlike any other. That's why you need a sports book unlike any other. My bookie. Get some skin in the game where odds boosts, lightning deals, and free bets await you all season long. These are the sizzle that go with the stake of having a reliable place to put a little bit of money down or maybe a lot of money down on your favorite sport, MyBookie. Turkey Day is coming. There is no better time to feast on your NFL college football action. Whether you're a first-time customer or if you've been playing with MyBookie for years, there's no shortage of value to be found in their thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and more. Sign up today for the first time or get reloaded. Find your edge and make some money. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table slot and card games you'd expect to find at your local casino. The best part is my bookie never closes, and there's no smoke getting in your eyes. Make the right place, sign up today, and when you do, use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo Echo, and get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put 200 bucks in, they'll match it with $100 Of their own. So if you're planning to bet this coming fall, guess what? You're already ahead of the game. It's winning season at my bookie. so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. Had some thoughts on the Washington football team's new broadcast since I listened to that while playing golf on Sunday. I think my boy Bram makes some very nice calls. Some very spiffy, energetic, crisp, good touchdown calls. Touchdown, Washington! He gives it a nice inflection, some good punch, a little bit of growling in there. Touchdown, Washington! But that's kind of his tonality as a broadcaster, so I don't mind it. I would like to hear him, however, with some more pronounced letdown vibes when the other teams score. He kind of instead reads it into the record. I'm listening as I'm playing golf. And I'm keyed in. I'm like, okay, what's going on here? And he would call a Giants touchdown like this, for example. He would say, Daniel Jones, back to throw. Looks right. And that is going to be a touchdown for the Giants. I would like to see it more like this. Daniel Jones rolling right, looks into the end zone, and caught by Evan Engram. Touchdown Giants. The Washington football team left him wide open. You kind of slow it down. You go into the lower register to give that sound of, I'm not excited about this touchdown, because as a play-by-play man on radio, you're supposed to be a homer for your own team. But I wouldn't mind a bit more punch on the negative plays. I think D'Angelo Hall is still trying too hard to show how hyped he is. Oh, I can go down there and i got a deal. Settle it down, D'Angelo. We know you played. We know you're a passionate guy. It seems a bit forced at times. And Julie Donaldson is doing a better job at her shot selection, getting in, getting her comments where she sees fit. But I'm still not sure of her value on the broadcast itself. But they definitely want her on the broadcast, and so they're trying to make it work. It's, to me, it's not the worst listen in the world. I, I think it's got potential. By the way, I did try to watch and or listen via their app, the Washington football team app. For everyone out there, if you're listening, if you're an app developer, you can't make these apps simple enough you can make it you cannot make the links and the buttons bigger or more clearly marked as in oh you want to listen to the football game going on right now here click this giant button and then put all the other visual junk and distractions below that would be a huge help because it was tedious punching in punching in punching in i also by the way thought i couldn't listen via the team 980 app Because I was certain they would have identified that I was here in Las Vegas. And you know what the NFL does is they prevent broadcasters from delivering games via streams outside of the geographic market because they want to make you pay for the official rights to play-by-play for the NFL via tune-in radio. And I used to subscribe to that, but I don't anymore because it very seldom comes up where I need to listen to something. But it actually let me listen to the game via the Team 980 app. And I was traveling and I thought, well, maybe that's because I have a phone that is registered in the DMV where the games are allowed to be streamed without any restrictions. And maybe it doesn't care that this phone, which is normally a home market phone, was actually out of market in Las Vegas. The Nationals have already invited Joe Biden to throw out the first pitch To start next season. Well, well, well. Good to see the local baseball team is not being blatantly and shamelessly political. I love the story from the Associated Press. It says the Nats have invited Joe Biden to toss out the ceremonial first ball next season on opening day. And the team said on Twitter, quote, we're excited to continue the longstanding tradition of sitting presidents throwing out the first pitch at home of the national pastime in our nation's capital. Oh, you are excited about continuing the tradition. You have to then go down another paragraph, another paragraph. By By the way, Biden was a Little League shortstop who later played center field. Hey, how about that? William Howard Taft began the tradition of presidents throwing out the first pitch in Washington. Since then, every sitting president except Donald Trump – oh, there it is. Hi there, paragraph six – has thrown out a first pitch when Washington had a major league franchise. Trump attended Game 5 of the 2019 World Series at Nats Park and was booed when introduced as Houston played Washington. (laughs) hmm So in other words, the Nats are are excited to continue the longstanding tradition of sitting presidents except for Trump, who they did not invite. Or if they did invite, he turned them down, maybe. I seem to doubt it. But that's just bullshit. You would want the baseball team to stay above it, right? You say, well, you don't stay above it, Zabe. But I'm not a baseball team. I'm an individual, spoken word, radio-slash- podcast slash raconteur. You know what you're getting with me. I am the product. You would hope the baseball team would be a little bit more even-handed, but let's see. They invited Fauci to throw out the first pitch, and they put out a Fauci bobblehead. So, yeah. There's your Nationals for you right there. All right, I mentioned I was watching v in the hotel. They do a nice job, and what I like about v as I listen to it is it's a very granular discussion about the NFL games that just happened. And it's very important if you're going to be betting on the games. For example, whereas Sports Center or most sports talk radio won't get into the nitty gritty. They'll just talk about the larger narratives like is Big Ben the clutchest quarterback in the NFL? We'll take your calls. These guys, as I was listening, were getting into details like, well, the Colts had had a fourth and one inside the 10 in the third quarter, and they were going to go for it, but then they had a false start, then they had hold a pen- holding penalty, and they missed a field goal, and the next thing you know, they were losing. By the way, none of that really happened. I'm making it up as an example. But it's those granular things that are important, and they talk about the numbers, and they remember. Don't forget, this guy wasn't playing because of this injury or being on the COVID list. They talk about previous matchups. It's a really good very dry if you don't if you're not a big sports fan or don't gamble on these games but it's a very in-depth and smart way to talk about the games and of course my guy gil, uh, gil alexander does a great job his podcast or show uh is it by the numbers or beating the book god i wish i knew what it was i think he does two products i think by the numbers is his on air is his on air show and Beating the Book is a separate podcast. Anyway, they charge you $99 a year or $99 a football season, and they give you a bunch of stuff, like full streaming access to all their content. They give you, I guess, picks. I think they give out picks or best bets. So you could argue VSIN is, in fact, a service of sorts, although a straight-up Service and up and up service. That's not a scam decapping service, but I just think if you have Sirius X, Sirius XM, you get all their verbal content, or you get the the, the audio feed of what they're saying on two hundred four, and they got some graphics on their you know TV presentation, which is not terrible, and some stats and graphics. They can use still pictures. They can't use highlights, so that that adds to the things. It makes it a watchable video broadcast. But I'm just not sure if it's worth the 99 bucks a year. There's an even higher tier you can apparently pay for, which is like $340 a calendar year. And they claim you get email with the hosts, which I bet they love. Hey, man. <laughs> typing off letters. You told me this game was a lock. What happened? Let's talk expensive things. My Sony a7S III was very expensive. The body only was $35.99 plus tax. Don't tell my wife. Actually, go ahead, tell her it doesn't matter. Guess why? It's going back. Easily the most expensive ca- camera I've ever bought, and it's fantastic. By the way, the lens kit I bought with it, a $1,000 lens, the F4 Constant Aperture G-Series lens, 24-105, to 105, magnificent. Takes incredible pictures. But it's going back for one simple reason. It's just too big. That's what she said. Sorry. It's too big for what I'm going to use it for. I want to take little, dumb, knick-knacky pictures and videos when I'm playing golf various places, or if I'm on a trip with my family or the dudes or whatever. The smaller the camera, the better. You can't lug around a giant full-frame camera. And moreover, and this is important, In today's world, you pull out a full-frame camera like that and you start pointing it around, I can assure you it's going to attract attention. And I would be willing to bet that in many cases, they're not going to like you shooting that big camera around. It doesn't matter if you're just a tourist and you're like, what? I just want to take some pictures. They're going to assume, they, meaning the authorities, people are going to assume the worst if you're a tourist. It's a commercial camera. It's a filmmaker's camera. It's really, really good for that. Guess what? I'm not doing commercials. I'm not a pro. And also, here's the thing. Even if you didn't mind carrying it around, lugging it around, even if you didn't care about the attention it attracts, the bottom line is whenever you have a $3,500 camera around your neck or in your bag, you're constantly worried about it. If you have a $1,000 camera, on your body, or in your bag. You're not worried as much. In fact, you're worried, let me count, $2,500 less. You're still worried. You don't want to lose it, but you're worried a lot less. The Sony ZV-1 is the pocket camera version with a one-inch sensor, which is not as big as a full frame, but it delivers. Holy shit. The ZV-1 for Sony, pocket camera, is damn near perfect for video and photos and vloggers and just everything. And it will fit actually in your pocket and won't attract too much attention. So I'll keep the ZV-1 out of the full-frame business for good. Yeah, you'll buy something else. No, seriously, I think I've ordered no fewer than six different full-frame Sony cameras, and I have returned them all. Well, five I've returned. The sixth is going back. But speaking of expensive things, one of the guys on the trip, and he is a listener of this podcast, got his wife a new handbag for their anniversary from Louis Vuitton, the store that's right here in downtown Vegas, which, by the way, he had to wait half an hour just to get in to buy the purse because they're not letting everybody in all at once. The Louis Vuitton purse cost $1,200, $1,200, and it's not even the most expensive purse I think you can get. By the way, this guy also has a $1,500 Tag hoyer watch, which is really also not that crazy expensive. Big Mikey has multiple watches that cost three, $5,000, and has no shame about it. He said, look, I work hard. I wanted this as a treat for my birthday, and I got it. And I said, "That's that's great. And I get, I get sweated up over a, a camera. That's a bunch of technology. I think there's technology in, in watches, obviously. Finally made watches. But a handbag? Where's the technology in that? <laughs> I don't know. People like expensive things. All right, last thing for today, and then we're going back out to watch some sports, gamble, drink, and have a good time in Vegas. I'll be back in the big chair on Wednesday, both in the morning on 97.3 FM and also on Team 980. Alex Trebek dies at 80 years old. Pancreatic cancer is an absolute bitch. It is the nastiest. I think it's got the lowest survival rate, even lower than, say, brain tumors. And the bottom line is pretty much everybody loved him. They loved him for just being, you know, nice and normal and Canadian, I guess. We think he was a nice guy. Maybe there's some tales of him him being an asshole, but it doesn't matter. Hosting a game show is the greatest gig in entertainment. Greatest gig in broadcasting, without a doubt. You don't need to put much effort into creating the content yourself. In other words, you don't have to be some personality like Howard Stern that's constantly pushing the envelope, thinking of bits to do. You show up, you know the format of the show, you get your lines right. I'm not saying there's not a skill in doing it well. He had a skill and a knack and a talent for it, like all the great game show hosts do. But you're not grinding out your own Content. That's number one. Number two, you can bank a ton of these shows in batches and then be gone for months at a time and not even work. You don't have to wake up at a certain time like those of us shoveling coal into the sports radio steam engine at 6 a.m. every day. 6 a.m. Got to get the coal in there. Got to get the coal in there. You've got zero risk as a game show host of getting in trouble for something you say. Once a show becomes popular, they can't get rid of you. Not only will they not get rid of you for somebody younger, better looking, or newer, they just won't. They don't want to risk it. Also, it doesn't matter how old you are as a host. As long as you can read the teleprompter, you're good. Oh, and did I mention the best thing about being a game show host? They pay you a ton of money. I remember when Drew Carey got the gig. He won the audition to be the new host of The Price is Right. And at the time, I thought, that's okay. He's a comedian. He does that cool improv show. Does he really want to do The Price is Right? Fuck yeah, he does. He bangs out who knows how many Price is Right episodes in a week span and then goes and golfs or does whatever. Counts as money. Alex Trebek, rest in peace, dead at 80 years old. We'll end on this today with their sixth loss on Sunday. The Wolfed guaranteed a no better than ten and six season if they get hot and reel off their next eight in a row. What does that mean? It means they will not reach eleven wins this year. It's physically impossible. The Wolfed slash Redskins are the only team to not have an eleven win or more season. In the last 29 years. Suck on that one for a second. And next year is almost guaranteed to be the 30th year in a row. Because I don't see him getting to 11 wins when the quarterback of the future is not even on the roster. Dan Snyder has owned the team for 21 of those 29 utterly futile years. You figure out what's the problem, who's the problem. Every other team in the NFL has had at least one 11-win season. You win 10, okay, nice year. You're two clicks away from being 8-8. Eight and eight. It doesn't matter. Until you win 11 games, don't even call home and tell mom, ma, ma, I did great. I won 11 games. Oh, you won 10 games? Yeah, anyone can win 10. You get lucky. You get two games that fall in your column from a league that is perpetually 8-8. Eight and eight. Guess what? You're a 10-win team. 29 straight years. Remember that number. Being a Wolf fan slash Redskin fan slash Red Wolf fan slash Gold fan, whatever they're going to call them, is not an easy road to hoe. All right, that'll do it for me today. Thank you for listening. Remember, this this is not a full-blown recap of everything that's happened in the last 24 to 48 hours in sports. This is merely a supplement and a lot of side stuff that I don't often have time to get to on the air. Feel free to comment. Give me feedback, good and bad. I appreciate it all. And don't forget to listen when I'm back off vacation, 6 to 9 a.m. on the game, 97.3 in Milwaukee, and 3 to 6 p.m. afternoon drive on the Team 980 in DC. Off to go gamble and drink. I know you're jealous, but thank you for downloading and tuning in. Tomorrow, it's our Getaway Wednesday podcast, and then I'm back home for Thursday, Friday, into the weekend. Have a great Tuesday, everybody, and we will... We'll see you next time. I'm out of money, out of hope, looks like Man, twenty twenty has been a sports season unlike any other. That's why you need a sports book, unlike any other. My bookie. Get some skin in the game where odds, boosts, lightning deals, and free bets await you all season long. These are the sizzle that go with the stake of having a reliable place to put a little bit of money down or maybe a lot of money down on your favorite sport. My bookie. Turkey day is coming. There is no better time to feast on your NFL college football action. Whether you're a first-time customer or if you've been playing with my bookie for years, there's no shortage of value to be found in their thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and more. Sign up today for the first time or get reloaded. Find your edge and make some money. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local casino. The best part is my bookie never closes, and there's no smoke getting in your eyes. Make the right place, sign up today, and when you do, use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put 200 bucks in, they'll match it with $100 of their own. So if you're planning to bet this coming fall, guess what? You're already ahead of the game. It's winning season at my bookie. so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it.